Welcome to the Slumber Party Pod, a deep dive into decoms. I'm Lizzie, a pile of 200 frogs. And I'm Hannah, and I'm wearing a grout fit. And this week we are continuing our spooky season series with a discussion of Halloween Town 2, Calabar's Revenge. <laughs> spooky season series? We love alliteration That's on this pod. Good alliteration. Thank you, it just came to me. That was really good. And we didn't even need to have outside help on that one. No, mm-mm. Sorry, Ian. Yeah. You lost your job. <laughs> You're fired. I'm panicking. I'm going to lose my job. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Yeah. Um. So, again, like we said last week, we discussed Halloween Town, the very first movie from 2008. The very first movie in the series. Um. The very first movie ever made. <laughs> In the history of the world. Yeah, it, that's why it was bad, and somehow this movie's <laughs> even worse. <laughs> I would rather have watched a f- fully silent movie Yeah. than parts of this. Than all of this. This movie was so bad. <laughs> there were a couple parts that were enough to make me go, huh. Yeah. Like, there, it wasn't... Also, Debbie Reynolds is in it, so it couldn't have been, like, too, 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 too horrible. I mean, but it, it kind of was. But... I got a stomachache during it, and I couldn't tell if it was what caused it. <laughs> and uh, you, you admitted yourself, you fast-forwarded through it. I did fast-forward through some parts of it, but this is not important. Well, I mean, it is important, but we can complain after. Later, yes. Yeah. We should dive into the actual structure of how this podcast goes. Yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves. As per usual. Before we actually dive into our structured segments... Maybe we should talk about any fun reviews we've gotten, or we, we could talk about the Instagram uh, I agree. we did. I think we should do that. Over the weekend, I put, because we asked for you all to answer on Anchor, and none of you did, because you're fake fans. Um, we didn't get any voice messages. That's yeah, okay. Is, so, on the Instagram, I also put some polls asking a couple of questions. We asked, first of all, what are your thoughts on Halloween Town? And the thing is, we got a lot of answers, and clearly none of you have rewatched these movies before you answered. Because everyone, except for Lizzie's mom, me, and my friend Amber, who I watched this movie with, gave it 100% on, on our scale. Yeah. And I guess I wasn't like, rate the movie in terms of like, is it a good movie? I just said, what are your thoughts? Everyone was like, incredible yeah nostalgia has a grip on us it does that's why i'm worried for the next couple of weeks because those movies i think have a strong nostalgia factor for me i gave it but honestly i think we need it to yeah i think so but yeah so you all were blinded by it you know how can you see clearly when you're blinded by the sun blinded by your youth and then we asked what was your favorite or best childhood halloween costume and this was accompanied by a photo of me as hannah montana i cropped my sister out of the picture but just know she was wearing the same costume because she got jealous and wanted to be the same thing that's incredible Um, (laughs) yeah and then i'll ask lizzie her answer but before i do a response we got was our again our mutual friend lauren said that she was gumby she was which i love I think she was Gumby multiple years in a row to justify having the costume. I see. I love that because I love. I'm going to ask her if she would be willing 
to send us a photo that we I can know. put with our caris- our Instagram carousel yeah. when this goes up on Tuesday. And even so. if not, I just want to see it. Well, yeah. Like, Actually, it, Lauren, there might be one on her Instagram. Oh, I was going to say school through. Because Lauren, like, was she six? Was she 16? Oh, no. I, um, I want to say she was definitely in double digits. She was definitely in double digits. Um, but Lizzie, what was your favorite or best Halloween childhood costume? So I admittedly had have had some, I think, pretty good ones. Mm-hmm. I was my very, very first Halloween ever. Mm-hmm. I was an angel with a black eye <sighs> because I was just supposed to have been an angel. And then you gave yourself a black eye. I got a black eye. So then I was an angel with a black eye. So that's a pretty memorable one, and I think that really speaks volumes um, about myself as a person. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a good one. I was oh, actually, my very best one was I was Glinda the Good Witch. Oh, that's cute from Wizard of Oz because I was obsessed with Wizard of Oz. That's when cute. I was little, like years and years went by where I watched it every single day. I was, like, oh, really, really little. Like, yeah. two and three. Um, but I had, like, a crazy poofy dress that, like, my mom made. And my Aww. papa made me, like, the crazy, like, glittery crown. Yeah. It was Homemade bad. costumes are always, like, the best. Yeah. I had a one year, probably when I was in second or third grade, like, after the Santa Montana moment, mm-hmm. I was Nancy Drew. Because I was obsessed with mm-hmm. Nancy Drew for many years. That's cool. So I, I was Nancy Drew like now. Yeah, I like literally. It was a pretty simple costume. Like literally, I just wore like a plaid dress and like yeah. patent, like you know, patent shoes and a headband. And people were like, "What are you?" But I loved that. Yeah, I was a Jack in the Box one year, and I think we still have that costume. Like we got like a, like a box and decorated it. That's and incredible. I, like, and I wore like suspenders to hold it up and just had like a jester hat. And I had, I think like I carried around an iPod with me to play music. That's awesome. And I that mean- was probably in like fifth grade. Yeah, that's super cool. Um, mm-hmm. what are but some- mostly I just was a witch a lot of years, I think. I was, I have been Dorothy from Wizard of Oz, like, multiple times. That's a classic. Um, I was Cleopatra one year, and mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. My mom made that costume. That's and I was cool. also a pirate one year, and, like, that was very cool, because yeah. it was very, like, Captain Jack Sparrow-esque. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I love, I really like a homemade Halloween costume, and as I'm older, I appreciate a costume that is just normal clothes more yeah. and more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, my, I'm kind of ashamed to say that, like, my Halloween costume this year, I pretty much own everything that I'm going to need to put that together, mm-hmm. which I think just says something about my fashion sense but the last time i went to i dressed up for halloween was like sophomore year of college and i was kind of last minute invited to a a halloween party yep and so i just kind of had to come up with something that night yeah and i was arthur the aardvark and i like just because i had a yellow sweater Mm -hmm. and jeans and i put my hair in like little pigtail buns and i wore headphones i love that (laughs) that like weren't next to my ears our sophomore year of college i dressed up for halloween three different times it's the only time i dressed up for halloween while we were in school that was the only time i dressed up either and i went as a mermaid one day i went as the devil wears prada 
one day because I had a devil and then I made a sweatshirt that said Prada on it. I feel like I might have seen a photo of that. Yeah, there are pictures of me and Meg from that. And then the next night I hadn't been planning on going to a third Halloween party, but I did. And I went as a Boston Red Sox fan. Final poll on the Instagram was just what should I be, I, Hannah, be for Halloween this year? Because I didn't really have an idea. And we did get a couple of fun things. Yeah. Um, someone said, and I don't know who this is. I think it's someone Lizzie knows, but someone said a skeleton, which is yes. cute. Um, oh, wait, so Eric- this is Out and About with Ren- Reginald. Yeah, who's that? So Reginald is a skeleton. Oh, oh, that's funny. Who is owned by Copy and Paste. Oh, of Copy and Paste. Us, and so they bring Reginald the skeleton out and about places and take pictures of him all year round. Like, not just for Halloween. Oh, you told me about that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, so that's cute. That's a cute idea. Um, you could do, like, a Phoebe Bridgers skeleton. You could just be Phoebe Bridgers. <laughs> our friend Ariel said Elle Woods, which is funny because I was supposed to be Elle Woods for Ariel's birthday party because it was going to be a costume party two years ago and then yeah. COVID happened, so we didn't have it. Sure. And then I was going to be Elle Woods for Halloween last year and then COVID happened and we got sent home from school. So Elle Woods would be fun. My cousin, Sydney, sent three options. She said I should be a little lad. Very Or I should be tofu, like the food, I guess. Right, I should sure. be in. Or I should be Dua Lipa. And I do, anyone who knows me knows I love Dua Lipa. Oh my god, so does my dad. <laughs> we should go to the concert together. Have yeah. you seen the video of the old man who got Dua Lipa con- tickets? Yes. I yeah. love it. He was, that was adorable. And then, um, and I do love Dua Lipa. But then my friend Amber suggested, after we kind of decided, because she's one of the people I'm spending Halloween with, that I should be a vampire because she bought vampire teeth for us. So that might be the plan. Um, But I don't know what I'll wear if I'm a vampire. So maybe I'll be like a vampire Dua Lipa. (laughs) A vampire skeleton. That would be so funny. Vampire Dua Lipa? Mm -hmm. Because, well, do you remember, like, God, probably like six years ago or so it was like really big to go as like zombie celebrities you oh, yeah like, zombie britney spears you should start like calling family celebrities yeah. yeah i literally i was like we should just be the cullens um yeah. which cullen would you go as um i mean i think i look most like rosalie just because like the blonde vibes yeah. but my favorite cullen is emmett Oh my god, you'd be so comfortable. Just oh yeah, because he just wears like jeans and a baseball hat. Yeah. But like, would I have to run Ooh. on a treadmill in the woods? Oh my god, you should go as the Cullen family in their baseball outfits. Wait, that's really funny. That could be really funny. <laughs> and I could do the kick. The yes. kick like Alice. Have you seen the photo? And it's like of them filming that scene so the blue filter isn't on it yet? No. Oh, it's a picture of that, like them filming that scene for Twilight but it's like a behind the scenes picture. So it's not the blue tint that the whole Twilight movie has. And it just looks like theater kids. Well, that's all Hollywood is. It is. I mean, yeah. I saw this TikTok earlier today. That was like that horrible moment when you realize like all of the like hunky, like action hero actors who like we all love and are like so attracted to were all like theater majors yeah that's the thing is people are like yeah you liked jake gyllenhaal until he was a f- in freshman in high school and he was like 
Jimmy and Thurly Mon are Millie. Yay. Imagine that. I don't know, though, because I still love theater kid Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, but we were theater kids, so we're biased. Well, that's true. And I will continue to love that until November 12th, when the 10-minute version of All Too Well is released. <laughs> and then for 72 hours afterwards, potentially three to five business days afterwards... Um, it will not be a Jake Gyllenhaal safe space, and then we'll reevaluate. I can't write him off completely because he, my mom loves him. Yeah. She refers to him as my best friend, Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> I love that. So. My mom's celebrity like that is Michelle Obama. She's like, oh, my good friend, Shelly. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Wait, were we talking about Michelle Obama? <laughs> I think we were. Because something about her arms. arms. I think I sent you an emoji of her arms. <laughs> you sent me an emoji of me with Michelle Obama's arm. Oh, yeah, because it was a white woman. <laughs> what? Oh, because I sent you last week's Halloween Town Doodle, mm-hmm. and you said, girl, you have done it again, constantly raising oh. the bar for all of us. I love I love Michelle Obama, too. You know, I channel her. My oh. favorite fall vegetable is a sweet potato. Lizzie, what's your favorite fall vegetable? Mine is not a sweet potato. Mine is not a sweet potato. I can't really think of a fall vegetable. I love squash of all forms. I was going to say, I, lo- I just like pumpkin. But I also... Look. I, I like... Throw down with a potato. Oh, I was going to say potato, definitely. 100%. Also, I love cauliflower. Me too. But I recently learned actually, to now like that cauliflower. I'm about it, around this time of year, I get really into Brussels sprouts. See, I can't get behind a Brussels sprout. Uh- that's one vegetable that I don't love. I like most vegetables. I don't, I can't really think of any vegetables that I truly don't like. The only I thing don't like, I... I don't like beets. I think they smell terrible. I can't really say I've ever had a beet. My mom loves them and they smell so bad to me. I love parsnips. I love turnips. I, I don't know if I've had many parsnips or turnips. Maybe a parsnip, actually. Is your favorite fall vegetable? Yeah, I don't know if that's technically a fall vegetable, but I know those typically get harvested later. I was going to say, like, root root vegetables yeah. are, I think, yeah. are generally fall vegetables. Yeah. Final answer, parsnip. Interesting. A cousin, the better cousin of the carrot. I do like carrots. See, I can kind of take or leave carrots. I think they get pushed on little kids so often that I just got so sick of them for a while. Mm-hmm. I can, I can agree with that as well. All right. We should probably talk about this yeah. godforsaken movie. I was going to say, stop talking about our favorite fall vegetables and start talking about um, perhaps a 60-second summary of this movie. Lizzie, it's your turn. I'll pull up a timer for you. All right. You ready for me to count you down? Oh, ready as I'll ever be. Okay. Three, two, one, go. So this movie starts two years after the last Halloween Town ended. They have not been back to Halloween Town. Aggie Cromwell, the grandma, now lives with them. They are hosting a Halloween party because that has been something that Aggie has started them doing, even though Gwen doesn't like it. A new kid named Cal has moved into the neighborhood, quote unquote, and Marley, whatever her name is, is like super into him. They sneak into Aggie's room and he steals her spell book. He starts doing the evil things in Halloween Town. Everything is gray and everyone is boring and kind of all the Halloween Town magic is being sucked out. And then Marnie and Sophie go with Aggie to Halloween Town and they realize that Cal is Calabar's son. 
Um, and then he comes back to the mortal world and turns all of the evil people, all the people with plastic face masks on into, like, they turn into the monsters they're imitating. Um, he tries to close the portal to Halloween Town permanently, and then he fails. Awesome. That was great. Thanks. Fully in just one minute. That was a good summary, although I'm going to say there was one thing that you said that was wrong. What? And it's something that the Disney Plus summary, which I need to pull up, I have, is also wrong. Um, I'll read the Disney Plus summary and then I'll tell you what was wrong. Oh, I know what was wrong. Yeah. But it's as okay. soon as you said that, yep, yeah. I know what I did wrong. Anyway, Disney Plus says, Grandmother Aggie sweeps granddaughters Marnie and Sophie off to Halloween Town to investigate a series of strange occurrences. When they arrive, the vibrant community seems to have lost its magic, and its once colorful citizens have become gray, literally, and boring. They're wearing growl fits. But why? It isn't long before Aggie discovers that her spellbook has been stolen, and the trio sets to find it. They discover that an angry warlock plans to permanently turn every human into whatever costume they are wearing at midnight on Halloween, and has taken the book so Aggie can't use it to reverse his spell. It's a race against time, as Marty must use her skills to defeat the young warlock threatening to change Halloween Town for eternity. And while both summaries are good, Sophie doesn't go to Halloween Town in this movie. Sophie doesn't go to Halloween Town until the very, very end when she helps reverse the gray spell. Yeah, exactly. Which is At where the very I got end. confused. Which That's is, funny. I guess, like, the whole thing is she wants to go and Gwen, the yes. mom, says no. Yeah, so you're Sophie, totally right. Sophie and Dylan stay home in this movie and help through skeleton telephones. Yeah, like walkie-talkies. Yeah. So we kind of talked a little bit about our own feelings about this at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's bad. Out of rage. But Hannah, why don't you tell us what the IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes scores are for this? Mm-hmm. Um, on Rotten Tomatoes, there actually isn't even a critic score. There's only two reviews, and they're both unfairly nice. Um, but the audience score is 62%, which I think is on more than 10,000 ratings, and I think that's way too high. Nostalgia um, factor. It's lower than Halloween Town. I'm pretty sure last week's movie, I had it pulled it up. It was here. pretty high. It's, it's 72. Halloween Town was 72. Halloween Town 2 Calabar's Repe- Revenge, that's a lot of twos, is 62. Sure. Um, But, and let me see, what was IMDb? IMDb gives it a 6.5 out of 10, which so I think is about the same. same as last week. Yeah. Well, um, there you go. Yeah. Lizzie, what would you give this movie out of five stars? I'm going to give this a 2.15. That's nicer than me. I think I'm going to give it a two, although I was considering a one. I'm giving it a 2.15 just because I have a feeling we're going to watch some decoms that are that worse will be than worse. This. Yeah. So I'm trying to space it out. That's a why I'm giving it a 2. There you go. Because I think it could get worse. All right, let me add that to our list. Okay. Yeah, we're trying to keep track now of all of our ratings. Yeah, this movie is really bad, mostly. I was bored to tears. Yeah, it was really like. There was so much nothing going on for a really yep. long time. Not great. Um, Not so it takes... Actually, I don't know why I'm diving in. We should follow the outline, probably. Um, oh, we could talk about some noteworthy people. Um, it's, yeah, so... We, so we have a new director, because last week we had... I don't remember his name, but he was like a kind of a... 
famousy guy. Like he did Star Wars and Indiana Jones and a bunch of yeah. stuff. This week we have our director's name is Mary Lambert. And it seems that she mostly had just slash has just done a lot of music videos in like the 80s and 90s and even Mm -hmm. 2000s, Um, which kind of makes sense because there's a lot of like special effects Mm -hmm. in this movie that I feel could be akin to music video effects. She has done a lot of videos um like if you go down to like around 2001 first movie pet cemetery no it's not but that was like one of the first kind of more famous things she did is she did the like she did a lot of like 89 pet cemetery like she's done a lot of like legitimate like she did madonna music videos with janet jackson seems like she did a lot for them but I don't know if those are good music videos. This is not a good movie. No. I hate to um, say it, and I hope I don't sound ridiculous. And then she's done a little bit of TV. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest. I it feel confident in saying the directing was not, like, the main issue here. Oh, no. The main issue here was the, the story was bad. The story was bad and the acting was Bad. The writing was not great. The acting was not great. Um, My apologies to those who to uh, Kimberly J. Brown. Yes, because there's going to be some slander, yep. at least on my part. Um, um so I would uh, also like to say the top IMDb review of this says better than the original, and I which think is a lie. That's complete lie. Um, but other than our new director, pretty much all the actors are the same in this movie. Um, it's three years later. It came out in 2001. There are some additions. Yeah, there's some additions, but everyone who was in the last movie that's now in this one looks so much older, even though it's only been two or three years. Massive growth spurts in the two younger. Mm-hmm. Especially Dylan. Dylan. But Dylan he's went still from shorter being... than all the girls he's trying to flirt with. They made that very evident. He went from being, like, 9 to being, like, 17. Yeah, it looked like it. But, so the two kind of biggest additions here are Cal, Mm -hmm. um, who's played by Daniel Kuntz, I think is how you pronounce his last name. I don't think it's Counts, but I could be wrong. Who knows? Who, interestingly enough, is married to Kimberly J. Brown, who plays Marty Piper in real life. I wonder if this is when they met. I think, well, I believe it is. I bet it is. Well, good um, for them. He is in actually, oh, never mind. I thought, I was going to say, he's actually in a couple other DCOMs, but that is incorrect. He is actually in 10 Things I Hate About You. He is uncredited <laughs> as one of uh, Bianca's, like, admirers that's trying to get with her. But, yeah, he is in, like, had small roles in some, like, popular TV shows from the early 2000s, like ER and Boston Public and Third Rock from the Sun. Um, But, yeah. 
And then who's our other new person that you were going to tell us about? The other new person I was going to say is we have a new character who is introduced, who is kind of, has like a relatively small plot plot point that seemed to take a very long time. And that is Blue Man Kuma, who plays Gort. Oh, yes, Gort. Um, which I remember that part of the film being really funny as a kid, and it was just not doing it for me. See, I didn't remember that. And it was like, my friend Amber, who I watched this with, pointed out that, like, the this new character Gort, and there were, like, a couple of Halloween Town, like, regulars i suppose that like we met for the first time in this movie that it was like we don't really care about because we didn't meet them until after this spell was put on them right so it was like i don't care if he gets put back to normal yeah i don't know who he is and he's been in like a bunch of stuff done a bunch of tv series um and some tv movies um he was in the animated sabrina series he was in golly just a bunch of stuff he's done a lot of kind of voice work so yeah so that's cool at all he was in the santa claus too oh oh that's fun um i'm trying to see if there's anything else it's really sticking out to me. He was in Supernatural. So, Lizzie, this wasn't the first time you watched this movie, was it? No, ma'am, it was not. Um, This was not the first time I'd watched it, although I think I must have only seen this movie, like, once before. Because yeah. I remembered almost none of the plot, except yeah. for that the villain was named Cal, and I remembered the thing about the Halloween masks. Kind of felt like the first time I watched it. Yeah. And I wasn't That's all I have to say about subjective history. What about Maggie? Was it Maggie's first time watching this movie? It was not. Because we watched all of these last October. Oh, yeah. You told us that. Um, what are we did just rewatch it. But we do have some thoughts from an actual child. She did title her notes Halloween Town 2 Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> she said, if I'm being honest, most of this movie was really boring. Cal is literally the least interesting villain here, and really the best and most satisfying part of any of this was the semblance of conflict resolution at the end. I'm paraphrasing, because she used a lot of words, so that's what. And she said, also, why does Benny's voice sound so weird in this? So Benny, the cab cab driver, driver does get turned, like, back into a human when the gray spell goes over them. Mm-hmm. But I want to look up. I'm wondering if it changed voice actors, and that's why she I wonder. But I think it might have been his regular voice when he became a skeleton again. But I can't remember, because it was only for, like, a minute. In, oh, yes. In the first film, it, he was voiced by Reno Romano. And then in the second, he was voiced by Richard Side. Maggie has a good ear. And then, apparently, in the fourth film, he's also voiced by a totally other person. So, there you go. Maggie does have a good ear. Maggie has magic ears. She is teaching herself to play the piano by ear right now, and it's... Oh my god. Like, she knows, like, she's been teaching herself Satisfied from Hamilton by ear. Oh my god, like, real songs. Wow. Yeah. No, no, no. Like, 
Real songs. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. That's fine. Um, isn't that what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to want your siblings to be a lot more, to be successful. That's what they say. At other things. Things other than things you're successful at. <laughs> That's the key. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, all right. But I guess if we're done with Maggie's hot takes, we can get into our own. Sure. I don't even know if mine are considered hot. I think they might just be tepid takes. Yeah. Um, first of all, this movie begins with, like, a recap, like, kind of a that's what you missed on Glee moment. Which was confusing. It was a little confusing. I can imagine if people watching it had not just watched the first one, Mm -hmm. um, like we had, that would be useful. Because this came out three years later. Yes. Like, it made sense, but it was also, like, oh, interesting. It was, it was, they introduced this kind of element of her Marnie as a narrator that was mm-hmm. not present in the first one, because she's basically doing voiceover work as they are, like, giving aerial shots of Halloween Town. Yes. Which, now that I'm thinking about it, totally makes sense on Disney Channel, because, like, I'm sure when this premiered, they showed the first one beforehand, but if you had gotten home and hadn't yeah. had time to rewatch Your parents might not home, let you watch four hours of TV in a row. Which totally makes sense. Um, but... And also, if you hadn't seen the first one, and you're like, oh, there's a new Disney movie, that's a little bit of a... You don't really need to have watched the first one to understand this. Yeah. It was funny, though, because I was thinking, like, at, at least now that it's on, like, Disney+. Plus. Like, it was interesting to me that they kept them in the Disney Plus version. Right. Because who in 2021 is watching Halloween Town 2 but hasn't seen Halloween Town 1? I don't know. Maybe some people. Yeah. Maybe one of you. Let us know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so again, we start with a recap, and then, like Lizzie said, there's a Halloween party, which is, seems fun. It seems like a fun little party, except that there's also, like, kind of Dia de los Muertos decorations, but not really. They're just, like, Mexican-themed. Yes. All over the house. Yes. So I'm not really sure where we were going with that. Yeah. Anyway, that's my review of the party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, and so Aggie is, like, doing little yeah. bits of magic that the kids think are just, like... Sleight of hand. Like, cool tricks, sleight of hand stuff. Gwen, the mom, is freaking out. Um, but then Alex, who is this man who mm-hmm. has allegedly just moved into their neighborhood... And has a British accent, right? Has a British accent, comes with his son, Cal... They're like, we just moved in down the street and we heard about your party. Um, and so and the dad is flirting, flirting with Gwen. And Cal is flirting with Marnie. Oh my God. So much that she takes him upstairs, uses magic to open her grandmother's room, and takes him into her grandmother's secret room. So I would just like to say, within three minutes of meeting this boy... Marnie has brought him into her bedroom. Yes. And he's like, it's not what I thought it would be. Yeah, he's like, normally, like, people's rooms look like them. Marnie is trying so hard in this movie, but especially this part, to be, like, not like other girls. Yes. I'm not like other girls. I'm worse. She's like, well, I can show you my grandma's room. It's creepy and spooky. Yeah, so weird. 
And so oh. she like uses the magic to like open the door, which looks like it belongs in Camelot. Yep. And very much Avalon High. Yeah. There were a few points that I was like, oh, this is why I like Avalon High. Yeah. Um, and takes him in another bedroom. Yep. And what does he do, Lizzie? He, well, first of all, they're flirting, flirting, flirting. Mm-hmm. He's asking her a lot of questions about her grandma. And... Like, kind of trying to get her to, like, slip up. And Aggie, first of all, just has her spell book. This prized possession. Mm-hmm. Like, of the entire Cromwell line for thousands and thousands of years. Just laying on a desk. Yeah, but to be fair, she thought it was protected. Yes, laying on a desk under a spotlight, I might add. True. The way they lit that, like, with the desk lamp, it is just yeah. A perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, whoa, is that a spell book? And Marnie's like, I mean, it's supposed to look like a spell book, but obviously it's fake because magic is yeah. fake. <laughs> she's pretending that the room is decorated. He's like, oh, does your grandmother do this every Halloween? And she's like, oh, yeah. Back mm. in the day, apparently everything looked like this. And she's what? pretending, but, like, mostly she's, like, trying to tell the secret. Right. Yep. And Marnie has her back turned. And they're, like, getting ready to leave. He uses magic and whoop, shrinks yeah. it and steals it. And then you're and like, ugh. Cal is a warlock confirmed. And it's like, oh, my God. This teenage boy in a black turtleneck sweater and a leather blazer who <laughs> comes in and, like, is all smarmy and flirts with this girl. And so she'll bring her him upstairs to their bedrooms. Yeah. Is up At the age of good. 15. No one could have seen this coming with yeah. her mother and 10, presumably, it felt like 10 million children under the age of 12 downstairs. Mm-hmm. Please. Yeah. And then he gives her a rose out of nowhere, it seems. Yeah. And like invites her to the high school, or I guess she invites him to the invites Halloween. Invites himself to her yeah. high school. High school's Halloween party. party. There's, like, a costume party where they they choose a winner and someone gets a prize. And also this whole night, her younger brother Dylan is trying to ask a girl, any girl, many girls, to this same party. Yep. And poor Dylan is failing. He's failing so hard. They're laughing, but, like, kind of, like, they're being mean to him, which is bad. But he asks one girl, and she's like, but you don't have a costume on. And he's like, well, I hate Halloween. So it's like, why would you? But also... Isn't that just, that might be the most realistic piece of dialogue in there. That is absolutely something a 16-year-old boy would do. Yeah, but it's like, well, we know he's not 16 because he's younger than her. And she's 15, so he has to be like 13 or 14. But anyway, same thing. But it's kind of like, yeah, if someone was like, well, I want to, we should go to this Halloween party. But also, I hate Halloween. I'm going to be in a bad mood the whole time. I'd be like, no, I don't want to go with you. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Like, gross. Kind of felt bad for him, but also I was like, dude, don't tell them that. Yeah. His game was not on. No. No. Um. Oh, an exciting development. We at first see Marnie now has a computer in her room. Very exciting. (laughs) We are getting technologically advanced. She's like, I aming someone in like the software she's using to like or like the whatever the platform she's IMing people on. There's a voice that reads it out, like a crazy computer voice that reads yeah. it. I hated it. I was like, thank yeah. God that is not mine. I was yeah, that was a little confusing and odd, but like yeah. that was how they kind of opened the movie was her IMing someone. Yeah. 
um, Aggie has a crystal ball set up in her bedroom that she's, like, looking out on Halloween Town, and she's like, oh, I don't want to go back because I've been so long. I think it'll make me more sad to just go and be there for a couple hours than to just, mm-hmm. you know. Than if I, like, went back for a year. Right. Um, or if I didn't go at all. I think and so she's does. kind of, she is giving us an introduction by way of talking to Sophie about who Gort is. Gort, mm-hmm. is that his name? Yes. Um, and she's like, he's like a junk magnet. And I was like, same. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's like, everything that you lose ends up with him. Yeah. But see, to me, this didn't make sense. Like, to me, this wasn't an effective exposition. Yeah. Because I couldn't tell. I was like, is she spying on people? Is she watching, like, Halloween Town, a Halloween Town soap opera? Like, I couldn't tell if they were real people or not. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't so, I, so I didn't care about him and the other girl that was there with the eyelashes. Sophie was great, even though Gwen was trying to make her go to bed at, like, 7 p.m., even though there were babies downstairs. And Dylan still has all the witty lines. Yeah. Yep. It was still, the siblings were still, like, the best part of this, as yeah. usual. Basically, then, so she, Aggie is like, no, I'm not going to go back because I'll be too sad to leave. Like, I'm just going to stay here. Yeah. But then, after we realize that, why do we go back in the first place? <laughs> so she goes back because... It's not because they realize the spell book is gone. They don't realize till later. <laughs> until they're in- And they're in a good mood when they leave. There's like something that she's like, I need to just check on at home. Oh, 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 oh. So she has her magical carpet bag. She has kids that are like getting presents out of there and it mm-hmm. runs out for like the first time ever. She's like, that's weird. It should never run out because it's got like a magical tie between my house and Halloween town. So I should have never ending kind of storage here. And she's like, that must mean there's something going on in Halloween Town, or like there's something wrong in my house. So her and Marnie go, and they're like, oh, we're just gonna go for a little bit and check what it is. When yeah. they get there, they find that everything has turned gray, and everyone is like boring and and dressed like what, like a human, like a what Halloween Town thinks as a human. So they're all kind yes. of caricatures of like boring people with boring houses and yes. regular clothes. The big jack-o'-lantern in the middle of the square of halloween town is now just like a giant block made out of other cinder blocks yeah i wrote down that halloween town looks like post-war england yep you're right like it's just gray and dusty yeah and they're all like shuffling around aimlessly like no one really has any consciousness yes and no one seems to know what's happened to them no. And well, then we no see idea. they're just like this is just how I Yeah. Am. And we see Luke. And Luke looks just like he did when he was under Calabar's curse in the first movie when he looked like a human. Yep. And he's gray and he's like Marnie keeps trying to hang on to him, but he keeps wanting to wander away. Marnie was so clueless in this movie. It was painful. Oh my god. She had somehow despite being the main character of this movie they gave her, like, zero agency. Mm-mm. It drove me up the wall. Those were the parts where I was like, would you be offended if we fast-forwarded through some of this? Mm-hmm. And Maggie was like, please do. But another thing that was disappointing, because we got Luke, and Luke was technically in this movie way more than the first one. Like, he had way more screen time. He was yes. hanging out with Marnie the whole time. But he, like, didn't have a 
character arc. Like he was just there for Marnie to like talk out, think out loud instead of thinking in her head. Yeah, which was annoying because I like I liked his character. Yes, but they didn't do anything with him. No, and they don't. I mean, this is kind of a spoiler for the rest of this, but Mm -hmm. in the next two movies, yeah, gets nothing. Yeah, he's not even in them, is he? I thought he might have been in the next one, but I know he's not in the last one. She has a different love interest in the third movie, so maybe he's not in it and he's just not a love interest. I guess he's not really a love interest in either of these. It just kind of felt like... No, he just has a big old crush on her. Yeah. Sad. Mm -hmm. Sad. And then, um, but yeah, I don't know. It is confirmed. I think I asked in the last podcast. It's confirmed that Halloween Town is in a different dimension fully. So, because I remember asking things about, like, well, is there only one Halloween Town? Or no, different... he's not in the next one. He's not? Mm-mm. Sad. Um, I don't know. I don't really have that much to say. <laughs> um, so, let me do a little perusal here. Oh, so, will I will say, so... Uh, we see that so like part of this like whole thing is Cal's dad in this like who mm-hmm. goes to the party with him is not actually a human he no. is a pile of 200 frogs that Cal has like put a spell on to, to make be him a human. into a human yeah and his favorite like, color is green and he likes to eat flies and he mentions that his favorite color is green a lot and he brings yeah. two tubs of ice cream to mm-hmm. their party that he's like i hope you like lime my favorite color is green and gwen's like okay but <laughs> i thought he was that. bringing those big buckets of margarita mix and i was like oh hey i thought good. he was bringing it to like make punch like put sherbet in the punch but then they all just ate it which i guess is fine yeah but i mean whatever um but so it's like a very big deal like he asks her to like cal like leaves to go get ready for the dance he's going to go at hollytown and the dad is like oh yeah i'll just stay here and help gwen if that's okay with her and she's like oh well i'll never say no to like additional help um and then he's like flirting with her and he's like oh like do you want to come to this costume party with me tonight and she's like um at the high school like that's (laughs) just for students he was like i'm sure they could use like a couple extra chaperones and she says yes and she's like obviously kind of like excited about the fact that he's flirting with her um and so they go and obviously it's all a ploy to get gwen in a mask to this party so that when cal casts his evil spell she's affected by it and like yeah, because has the alex just wears well he wears a frog costume which is like the irony yeah. but it's like a cute just like fabric costume with like it's you like can still see his face yeah. yeah and he brings gwen like this ugly green plastic yep. mask with like red hair attached yeah um which is a little rude considering she's a redhead yeah <laughs> um but the whole point of it is that Marnie is supposed to have, like, the additional stress of the fact that, like, not only is this happening to, like, the people of her community, like, now her mom could potentially be this, like, terrifying creature forever. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking about this and how messed up that, like, whole situation with him flirting with her is because we hear in the first movie that she met her late husband, who is, like, all of their dads at a Halloween party 
And like, yeah. that's how they met is they were like at this Halloween party together. And that's like where they fell in love. So this is the additional, like now this new guy has walked into her life on Halloween like, flirting with her at this Halloween party. And she is like, okay. And I'm assuming based on what we know of her character from these two movies, she was not dating a lot. No. So that just, that has absolutely nothing to do with the plot of this movie, but it did make me upset. Oh yeah. Definitely. I'm sure that she, her guard was down. It felt like her husband and then he was a pile of frogs. Yeah. Spoiler. It is interesting because the guy who played Alex kind of looked like the guy who played Calabar at the beginning. Yeah. In the first one. And Calabar is Cal's real dad. Yeah. So he just made him look like a guy who kind of looked like his dad, which I guess was kind of made sense because he was like, well, Gwen kind of had a thing for my dad, like, for a second. So maybe if I just make a guy who looks kind of like him, she'll go for it. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to give him a British accent just in case. Yeah. That'll and work. see, this was funny because, again, like I said, I had seen this movie before, but I didn't remember any of it. Yeah. So when they revealed that this kid's name is Cal and he is the villain, I was like, wait, is he Calabar's son or is this a Sky High moment where we think he's the villain's son, but actually he's the villain aged down? And I was kind (laughs) of hoping it would be that. But then like a minute later, they were like, yeah, and he was my dad. And you killed my dad. You killed my dad. And it's like, where was Cal in the first movie? Right. No mention of him. Well, not they say, uh, because Aggie's like, I didn't know Calabar had a son. He's like, yeah, he didn't want people to know. He wasn't there for me. Blah, blah, blah. So he's got daddy issues on yeah. top of daddy issues. Many daddy issues. Um, but I just want to know, who the hell is this kid's mom? <laughs> I know. True. Where is his mom? Does what everyone have to have a dead parent? Um. Oh, I would like to talk about the best part of this movie for me. What? So, uh, Aggie calls Dylan and Sophie on this headphone, mm-hmm. which is like a little shrunken head looking thing mm-hmm. that she has enchanted so that they can call in between Halloween Town and the mortal world. And she's like, I need Dylan, I need you to go into my room and read a spell so I can try to like fix Halloween Town because they've just figured out the Halloween Town is all gray and weird. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, it's not there. So that's when they find out that Marnie brought Cal into the room and, like, she's in trouble, whatever. Um, But before that, Marnie is, like, trying to convince him. And she's like, if you don't. And she says this. She says, I'll spam your diary all over the net. So that was a really stupid line. But then yeah. the best part is he is like, you don't even know my password. She's like, oh, really? I don't iron buns. <laughs> yeah. So that just, that was a real moment of. The writing was so bad. That was maybe my one moment of true levity. <laughs> all of this was iron buns. Um, but, yeah. So they get there. Somehow she gets Luke out of the spell. I almost called him Kyle again. So not only, they find out, not only is the spell book in human world missing, but her duplicate that she kept at home in Halloween Town is missing as well. Yes. And they're like, but no worries, because all lost things go to Gort's house. Yes. 
So we show up at Gord's house and he has been turned gray, of course, and his home is like clean, cleaner. Yeah. And then the spell starts to affect Aggie. Yes. Um, so then she turns gray as well and she is in the trance and can't help with the magic. So now it's all up to Marnie. Um, which is when, you know, we know from the first movie she was bad at remembering spells. She's not really a good witch. Very skills bad. wise. Um but I'm trying to think. I'm trying to look at my notes. Um I wrote down that I feel like Keenan Thompson could play Gort. Yes. Or his son. Yeah. I don't know. There were, like, a lot of cool ideas that they could have used, but, like, they were just spending too much time on the BS. Yes. Um, There was a lot of missed opportunities. The potential Mm -hmm. was there. The execution was not. My least favorite part of the whole thing is when Cal, his face is coming out of the big concrete block and Mm -hmm. the editing is terrifying and all it reminded me of was Voldemort's face coming out of Professor Quirrell's head in the Philosopher's Stone movie yes Um, for Harry Potter obviously and then Um, also Sirius Black coming out of the fire yes but the worst part of this was that he is talking to Marnie and he is like you naughty girl and I (laughs) hated it oh, but I, I also, that all out. i could think of was this tiktok sound of these are my ladies and people are using it to like show off whatever uh and there's part where he goes dirty girl and that's all <laughs> i can think of was this stupid tiktok sound but he was like See, that's funny because we had a tiktok sound that we were using to describe this movie and by yeah. we i mean me and my friend amber and ours was the one that's like a single mom that works two jobs. Who oh my god! And that um, was Dylan. You mean the theme show, the theme song of the Reba McIntyre show? Yes, but that song that's viral on TikTok right now—that's Dylan. I because Gwen is out at the party. He's yeah. left home to babysit Sophie. He's cleaning the house. Yes. And we—he's uh, what did my friend Amber said? Like he's a gentleman with the heart of a tiger. He's a survivor. I don't know. Oh yeah. <laughs> he like was cro- gender bending it. Um. I don't know. I was going to say, and to me, it also, speaking of Harry Potter, it reminded me then of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban because then we jump into time travel. Yes. Which was weirdly done. I hated it. Yeah. And that's saying something. I love pretty much any form of media that has to do with time travel. I love it. Super into it. One of mm-hmm. my favorite fantasy sci fi tropes out there mm-hmm. this sucked it was so bad because first one like i said marnie's a terrible witch she couldn't remember the spell she kept messing up they're ending up five minutes ago they're ending up 50 million yeah. years ago they almost got killed by a caveman and it was like this isn't funny um and I then they end up like 50 years ago so which is before the spell which is what they wanted they wanted to be before yeah. the spell and they meet Gort, and Gort kind of is like a Shrek parody. Like, literally, he's like, what this are you doing walk. in my cottage? Yeah. Get out of my cottage. And he even, his house looks like Shrek Swamp. I'd like to point out, that is not the accent he has. His voice is just deep. <laughs> no, but I was doing a Shrek accent oh, a little okay. bit. Like, a, like vaguely Scottish. <laughs> All right. Whatever you Cut said. that out. Um, 
I won't, Sorry. But, he okay. said, what are you doing in my cottage? <laughs> oh, there you go. That's good. Um, his swamp, like I, like I said, his cottage even looked like Shrek's swamp. And it was funny because we looked it up and Shrek did come out before this. So who knows? Um, but. Hashtag big ogre energy. It turns out he has a time travel closet in his house. And Marty's like, oh, yeah, this is exactly like Albert Einstein's theory of black holes or Stephen Hawking's theory of this and this and this. And it's like, girl, you don't like science. When did when did you start liking science? She's bad at everything else, but she just happens to have that off the top yeah. of her head. Sounds She's unlikely. like a physicist. Hashtag women in STEM. Yeah, she is a woman in STEM. Love that. Yeah, so, like, she knows somehow that, like, even though, because they were like, we'll only be in Halloween Town for an hour, and then, of course, bad things are happening. They end up, it's, like, almost midnight, and they need to get back. Yeah. So, first, she has to travel back to the present, and it's taking, like, forever. So, she knows that if they go through a black hole, they'll go faster, which they do. And then they end up in the present, but still in Halloween Town. The portal is closing. It's like 10 seconds to midnight, which, by the way, at the high school, they start the countdown at like a whole minute. So everyone in the room is chanting 59, 58, (laughs) 57. And they're still going. And it's like 35, 34. That was funny. Um, But instead of the portal starts closing, there's like 13 seconds left. Instead of darting through it. She just tries to pry it open for 13 seconds and then it closes. And then she's upset. And she says, I can't believe it closed. Girl, you knew it was going to close. That's the whole yeah. thing is that it closes Well, every she is year. the master at stating the obvious. Because, like, when Cal's giving his big villain speech about the fact that she killed his dad, mm-hmm. she goes, so that's what this is about? Revenge? <clears throat> and I'm like, girl, what is the name of this damn movie? Literally, Halloween Town Two, Calabar's Revenge. Revenge. Um, literally, at this point in my notes, I wrote, "Marnie is so dumb. I hate her." Yep, in all caps, because literally, she pr- she's trying to pry it open, and I'm like, "Girl, just go through, save the world and human world." Like now, they know how to fix it in Halloween Town, but instead, she stays in Halloween Town. The gap then- was five feet across. Yeah, she could have gone through, and instead, she stands there for 15 seconds. She goes, I can't believe it closed. It's like, no, that's the only certain in this is that the door was going to close at midnight. We knew that. Yeah. Going. Yeah. I'm starting to get rage about this. Yeah. That was perhaps that was one of my least favorite parts. Like I was so mad at her for being an idiot. Um, But then so she doesn't make it in time. And at midnight, everyone who's wearing a plastic mask in the human world gets turned into what their mask was because the whole thing was when the monsters lived in the human world they were made fun of and humans paraded around like them right so now they want the humans like they want again they want revenge but also it was not just masks because the girl who what's his ass kept trying to ask out oh yeah the girl with the vampire fangs she had fake vampire fangs on and those got stuck to her and then yeah. she was like it my wasn't... teeth are staying in she was like also i'm really thirsty yeah it was not there was it wasn't clear because at first it sounded like it was going to be everyone's costume that's what they were going to become so like sophie would become a cowgirl Cowboy? and yeah. the girl who was dressed as like the tooth fairy would become the tooth fairy i don't know um, like Dylan was wearing a 
a sombrero and like a poncho because like I said they had Mexican decorations in their home so like most like there's that (laughs) like the people that were just like dressed up as like a pop star they stayed as humans yeah but everyone panicking yeah people were screaming it was like a carry yeah and then people were it was chaos which I guess kind of makes sense because if everyone had turned into had been affected by it yeah. Nobody would have been panicking. You know, no one would be scared. They would they all just be monsters. Been like, this is happening. This makes sense. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, instead, like half the people become monsters. Yeah. The mom as a monster as a witch was actually pretty scary. Yeah. But it was also I was confused because I was like, well, she's not a human. She's a witch. Right. Already. So like I like again, I thought the spell was turned to turn the oh. humans into monsters. That's an excellent question. She's not a human. Hmm. I don't know. And that's basically the end of my notes. Um, My review is not a good movie, somehow worse than the first movie. And you texted me that because you said, you were like, have you watched Halloween Town 2 yet? And I was like, nope, Maggie and I are going to watch it right before we record. And you're like, won't give anything away, but somehow worse than the first. And I was like, oh, yeah, right. It was so bad. Yeah. Nothing happened. Like simultaneously, and then again, like in the first movie, it was it was different than the first movie in that we knew who the villain was for most of the movie. Like right away at the beginning, we knew Cal's the bad guy. Yeah. So we're fighting against him the whole time, and we know the whole time, like the goal is but to the get the spell back obstacles. from him. Yeah. Versus in the first movie, like we didn't know Calabar was the villain until like the last fifteen minutes. Yeah. But somehow all of that just, like, made them, like, they just waffled around the whole time, this movie. Yep. And they did nothing. Like, they matched socks together at Gort's place where all the missing socks go, even Mm -hmm. though there's no matches. And we, like, hung out at Aggie's house and there was a montage of looking for the spellbook, which wasn't there. It wasn't even an enjoyable montage like the recipe. And there was the montage of traveling through time and seeing a caveman. And it was, like, What's the point? All right. (laughs) Do you have anything else to say? No, I don't think so. I'm just kind of upset. (laughs) Yeah, me too. But before we rage spiral, let's sign off. Yeah, let's wrap up. So, um, again, please do join us next week. We'll be discussing Halloween Town High, which in my memory is much better than this. Hopefully we're not disappointed. I think so. I think we get a little more uh, character-based fun drama yeah i think so and i think that there's actually a plot oh fascinating like i think that there actually will be like exposition and a rising action and and if i remember i think there's a good villain i think so too in the next one so that's exciting Mm -hmm. a good surprise villain i think all right but yeah so then again um if you haven't already, please check out our Instagram at theslumberparty.pod. I know that there are some people that listen that aren't following us. Um, and we vice post versa, a lot. there's a lot of people who are following our Instagram who aren't listening. Yeah, rude. So, um, yeah, it's theslumberparty.pod. In our Instagram bio is our anchor page where you can leave us a voice message. We would love to receive a voice message um, to enter to edit into our podcast from you you can tell us about halloween town about your plans for halloween your favorite costume anything we'd love to hear it you can tell us your your big three and we'll read your star chart 
let us know if you think we're completely in the wrong here in that yeah. this was a far better movie than we're perceiving it as. Yeah, any all the Halloween Town 2 stands. Let, let us, us know. know why you love it. So we can block you on the yeah. That's a joke. Yeah. That's a joke. Freedom of speech is important. Yeah, but we won't post your opinion. Just kidding, we might. If you make a good case. Eh. TBD. Depending um, on how we're feeling that day. Mm-hmm. Depending on if Mer- Mercury is in Gatorade still at that point. <laughs> so there you go. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> we'll see you next week um, for Halloween Town 3. Bye. Bye. This has been the Slumber Party Pod, a deep dive into DCOMs. This episode was edited by Lizzie and collectively conceived of as a postgrad crisis by Lizzie and Hannah. This podcast has been distributed by Anchor, and we hope you'll join us again next week. What the hell? What's outside? A woman is just, like, on our front lawn. Okay, I'm keeping this in, and I just want to say, if any of you who are listening to this um, are people who cut your dogs across people's lawns while you're walking them there's a special place in hell for you especially if they poop on other people's lawns and you don't pick it up don't pick it up yeah and like we live on a corner of like a fairly like busy well-trafficked road Mm -hmm. and so people walk near us all the time but stay on the sidewalk it is very evident we have like, a lot of crap in our front lawn. Like, things we have planted. It's very evident that this is our lawn. Like, you have to be careful. You don't know how crazy people are. You cut people, cut across people's lawns, that's how you get shot. Oh my god, if you all want something delightful to do, to spend 15 minutes doing, go watch Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly's GQ interview. <laughs> I've watched it three times. I love them! I unironically love them. They're so weird. I love. They're so weird, but they seem so nice. I love their weird little vampire soulmate thing. That yeah, they and they're think. like, I, I am weed. I am what? weed. Well, and he's like, our first date, we just like breathed each other. Yeah, and like very. And then he's like, and then our second date. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she's like, oh my god, shut up. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing is they seem, they're so weird, but they also seem so nice. It's a good combo of, like, being absolutely disgustingly in love with each other and then also, like, making mm-hmm. fun of each other. They're definitely my favorite. Like, people are like, oh my god, they're such, like, a middle school couple. But they're better than, what's her name, the Kardashian and Travis Barker. Like, oh, to Courtney me- Kardashian? Yeah, Courtney. Here's the thing. I need to see them take each other a little less seriously but i still i'm glad that they are they seem to be very happily in love as well yeah um and that thing about him flying made me oh yeah that was super cute that was very Mm -hmm. sweet